Innovation divas really know the who, what, and why of inventing and love that they can share their knowledge, connections, and great women-invented products with their audience. Meet Melinda Knight, businesswoman, inventor, expert social media, and celebrity gifting guru, and her co-host, Deanna Cohen, who has been inventing products, businesses, marketing contests, and events for over 20 years. The Innovation Divas not only host this fantastic show, they also run the only network award program and events for women inventors. If you need the connections to buyers, the media, or companies that can take your product to the next level, then you are listening to the right show. Now here to share the who, what, and why of inventing, your innovation divas, Melinda Knight and Diana Cohen. Well, welcome to the show, Eva. This is Melinda Knight of the Innovation Divas and my partner, Diana. I had an emergency this morning, so it's just me and our guest today, which I'm very excited to um, introduce in, a, in just a little bit um, because he is instrumental to our network. So um, anyway, I hope everybody had a great Thanksgiving, and we are also bearing with some technical uh, stuff on my end, so hopefully you can hear me okay. Um, but anyway, welcome to the show, and we've got a great show today because we are talking about everything prototype, and um, actually the, our guest um, can do much more than just prototypes, but this is such an important uh, subject for our community, so we really wanted to focus on that, and then, you know, we'll see where the conversation takes us, and we might cover some other things and hear some great stories, and um, so anyway, uh Without further ado, I'm very excited to welcome Noah McNeely with Product Quick Start. Welcome, Noah. Hi, uh, thank you, and good morning. Good morning. It's great to have you on the show. I've been looking forward to this for a very long time. And uh, like I said, my partner Deanna's um, not going to be on the show today, so it's just you and me talking about fun stuff. So welcome. All right, that's that. That's fine. I, I've been looking forward to this myself and uh, finally recovered from eating too much at Thanksgiving. So uh, back to work and uh, glad to talk about prototyping or, or whatever you want to talk about. Oh, wonderful. Well, I don't know if I've recovered. I'm still feeling a little bit <laughs> full from a very long uh, weekend with some good food. So, um, well, why don't we get started on um, just Let's do an. I'd like to everybody to hear your history because it's very diverse, and kind of how Product Quick Start evolved from um, other things that you've been involved in. Sure, sure. Well, um, I'm a graduate of Georgia Tech uh, down in Atlanta, and then my first degree, um, my first um, adventure into product development was on the mechanical engineering side. I studied at, um, as I said, at Georgia Tech. I, did, I worked at General Electric in their plastics division for a little while, back when they still had a plastics division. Uh, basically worked my way through um, through my undergraduate degree and, and learned a lot about consulting, learned a lot about various engineering disciplines, and, and sort of decided that wasn't entirely what uh, entirely what I wanted to do with my career. Uh, about that time, I started meeting other students that were studying a field 
called industrial design. So I uh, looked into that, went back to graduate school and uh, also at Georgia Tech and, and uh, pursued a master's degree of industrial design, which is sort of the, the more artistic side of product development. If it's uh, the engineer's job to make sure that something works and it's the industrial designer's job to make sure it's uh, something that you want to make part of your life. So I studied both of those fields. Um, that's been a great blend of disciplines for me. I tend to have arguments in my head between the engineering side and <laughs> the, the left the and right side. side of the brain, right? <laughs> exactly, exactly. So, you know, I work with some of my colleagues are very talented designers, very talented engineers, and they, they argue with each other from time to time. But uh, I cut the middleman out and argue argue all by myself. So um, <laughs> that, that, that's my that's my education. I wonder history. if there's a therapist for that. <laughs> Um, it, it's it's much too late for that. So oh, okay. Was, well, as long as you've yeah. accepted it, I don't think there's medication for that. But sounds like it's working for you, and these are, you know, great uh, great arguments to have. Because I think I think just in in you know the inventing process, you do have to look at everything from every angle. You can't be one sided. You have to look at it from the consumer side. You have to look at it from the engineering side. Even if you don't necessarily have a background in that, you need to have the experts to give you that well rounded, you know, feedback because you can't be one sided or you're going to fail. So that's right. that's nice right. that you have your own dialogue going on in your own. And, and in you your know, mind. arguments are, you know, this is sort of a sidebar, but arguments are, are a great thing uh, when you're developing mm-hmm. something new. And, uh, you know, one of the, you know, we work with inventors, I work with inventors and entrepreneurs quite a bit. And one of the challenges I sometimes have is that uh, um, they are one-man shows or one-woman shows, and, and mm-hmm. they haven't had benefit of, of bouncing ideas and arguing through ideas with other people. So that's, that's, mm-hmm. uh, but that's very important. Um, mm-hmm. But anyway, back, back to my history. Uh, it, it, uh, after, after graduate school, um, I joined up with a partner uh, that was starting a brand-new company called Slingshot Product Development uh, Group. And uh, I joined as uh, basically his first employee and, and then became his partner. And uh, we developed uh, really as, as a small design and product design and product engineering firm. And, and we we grew over the course of several years. Uh, we tried a lot of different business plans. Uh, some of them worked great. Some of them worked uh, poorly, and we had to change them. And you know, the, the same things that, that uh, most uh, most startups go through. Um, but over time, we, we developed a, a very uh, a very strong uh, group of clients, some very very nice anchor accounts. Uh, companies like the Coca Cola Company and Home Depot and Black and Decker and then and really little large companies, very small companies, <laughs> the little guys, <laughs> well, right? You know, well, big guys and little guys. I mean, I mean, yeah. I throw those names yeah. out because those are names that people recognize. Yeah. But, but our company grew. And we're able to bring in more people. We're able to develop a you know, full-time sales staff, and we're able to go beyond design and engineering, and into manufacturing coordination, and into the science R&D side, and into into a lot of different areas as our clients needed that. But despite the fact that we we worked with um, with, with very large companies, and that's been a very big part of Slingshot's business, we always worked with entrepreneurs, uh, even from our earliest clients all the way through. In fact, some of the clients we work with today are companies that are now mature that started with us as, as um, inventor entrepreneurs 15 years ago. And um, so that's always been part of our passion. But as the company grew, as Slingshot 
became uh, a more recognized uh, design, engineering and development, prototyping and manufacturing firm, we found it very difficult for our, our marketing message to, to resonate with both large companies and with, with startups. And we also found it very difficult to, 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 um, to have a service offering that, that met both needs. So about, about a year ago, I started having a discussion with our, our chair and our board of directors. Um, oh, by the way, I was, I kind of left out a part. I was the CEO of Slingshot for about five years. Uh, and then about a year ago, I realized that um, all the design tools in my office were collecting dust. All my engineering tools were collecting dust. I'd really moved into a space where most of my time was spent managing people and managing cash flow and managing um managing managers of projects. And that was really not why I got into this business to start with. I got into this business as an innovator, as someone who loves helping my clients get their products to the market. And that was something I got in the way from. So about a year ago, I had this discussion with my board and our chairman about uh, I, I really wanted to, to move in a different direction. I uh, really wanted to get back to a focus on innovation. So we built this business plan that uh, went on to become what we call Product Quick Start, which is our company. It's still part of the Slingshot umbrella, but we are essentially a separate company with a focus entirely on inventor entrepreneurs. Um, so this has done a couple of great things. One, it's helped me get back into that hands-on role of actually sitting with my clients and helping them, them strategize their business and helping them build their, their, their new product business. And it's also helped Slingshot to focus its marketing message and its service offering on very large companies or well, established companies. Sometimes they don't work with just very large companies, but with established companies. And it's enabled Product Quick Start to develop a service offering that's really tailored to the inventor entrepreneur or the, the startup or the, the, the organization that, that, that really is learning as they go. And maybe they haven't launched a product in the past. And um, so it's so been a great, great that me. you were able to, you know, start something that, you know, filled that, you know, your your passion and being able to do the one-on-one -on -one because isn't it fulfilling to to be able to watch them from the beginning to, you know, launching their product? I mean, there's nothing really like that. And sometimes it's great Absolutely. to have a business for large companies, but I think it's so wonderful that you also have these services that – and I'd like to really go into the services. We're about ready to go to our first break, um, but uh, I'd really like to go into some of the services um, that you provide just so, you know, because since this is your first time being introduced to the network um, – you know, then they also know everything that they could receive from you. And then we can talk about kind of the philosophies behind prototypes and, and you know, the different kinds of prototypes and availability and, and, and really what to look for when you're, you know, wanting to develop a prototype. Because it's, it's really, I mean, you can't really have an invention or an idea without having a prototype or something to work with. So, um, so I'd like to have our listeners, because it's really this is the first time we've really touched heavily on prototypes and, and this kind of area, but I do want to get a well-rounded um, discussion and, and all the other things, because there's a lot that you can find on your website, too, so I don't want to miss that, too. We're going to want to share your website where people can find your services. So we are about to go to break, and we will be back with Noah and uh, learning more about Product Quick Start and everything that they can provide for inventors and entrepreneurs. We'll be right back. 
Linda and Diana will return after a short break with more of Innovation Divas. Have you heard? The pages of American Patchwork and Quilting magazine come to life on our new weekly online radio show, American Patchwork and Quilting. Join Pat Sloan, our blogging and quilt designer host, as she talks about the latest trends, ideas, and inspirations. Her guests include quilt pattern designers, authors, quilt shop owners, and our editors. All quilters, just like you. Call in with your questions. Get quilting tips from industry experts. Learn about free patterns. Hear behind-the-scenes stories from our magazines, American Patchwork and Quilting, Quilt Sampler, and Quilts and More. Get the scoop on free stuff and find out more about the best independent quilt shops in North America. To listen to a live show, tune in Monday at 4 p.m. Eastern. Just log on to allpeoplequilt.com slash radio. To hear past shows, go to iTunes and search for American Patchwork and Quilting Radio. We hope you'll join us because we know that quilting changes everything. Nobel Prize winner Madame Curie, who discovered radioactivity, lived with her husband in a sparsely furnished apartment because she hated housework. For her, it was all about the Weltanschauung. That's your worldview or concept of your function in the universe. Charles Darwin, the father of evolutionary theory, agonized as a single man whether to marry or not. He actually drew up a list of pros and cons, saying, A wife is better than a dog, but a terrible loss of time. He eventually did marry. Paul Erdos, one of the 20th century's greatest mathematicians, otherwise known as a quantophreniac, lived out of a suitcase, saying property was a nuisance and relied on the kindness of friends for food and clothing. It's words you never heard. I'm Carolyn Davidson, and Words You Never Heard has been brought to you by the Bariatric Surgery Center of Dallas. If you need the connections to buyers, media, or companies who can take your product to the next level, then you are listening to the right show. This is the Innovation Divas on Toginet Radio. And now, let's return to your Innovation Divas, Melinda Knight and Deanna Cohen. Well, welcome back. And we have uh, Noah McNeely with Product Quick Start. And we have just learned about kind of the evolution of Product Quick Start because it is extensive. And uh, kind of his passion of, of uh, you know, really wanting to start a business where he can, you know, really have that focus with the inventor and entrepreneur because it's exciting and, you know, it gets sometimes missed with the large companies. Um, so there's a lot that's involved. And so I wanted to use this um, quarter of our show to to really go into the, all the services that Product Quick Start um, provides, because you can now actually find out a lot on their website at productquickstart.com, um, but uh, so there's a extensive information on there, um, but I do want to go into that and then uh, obviously focus on prototypes. So, Noah, what, what uh, services do you, you know, provide? What can inventors come to you for? Well, uh, Product Quick Start, we're, we're essentially a boutique-sized firm operating within a larger organization. So, so what that means is we're, we're, we have two very, uh, very experienced people, myself and a gentleman named Don Muntner, who run Product Quick Start. 
Um, but we also have a much broader team that we pull on as, as we need to with, with the Slingshot team and some other partners there. So we offer a lot more services than, than a small company would typically offer through that. Uh, but we also have tailored our services specifically to early-stage companies and, and inventor entrepreneurs. Uh, so we offer everything from basic consulting. Uh, sometimes uh, people don't know if they have anything. They don't know what they have. They don't know if it's feasible. They don't know if it's, it's, if it's feasible from a manufacturing standpoint or an engineering and design standpoint, et cetera, et cetera. And they're, they're not ready to, to jump into a full development program. They may just want to come in and, and, and talk with us for a few hours, or they may want us to evaluate, kind of audit their, their idea, uh, spend a very small amount of, of effort, time, and money uh, just to help them uh, check off uh, that, that next go, no-go decision box because uh, mm-hmm. um, it may not be ready uh, to, to take it further. Or we may, based on our experience, be able in, in a two-hour meeting to say, you know, look, this is neat, but because of all these things, you really should maybe backtrack and rethink the idea. Or this is really cool. Here's the things that are really, uh, really strong benefits to it. We should emphasize those. And we really help them strategize uh, in those types of types of sessions. So that's a that's sort of the minimum we do. It's just just kind of basic. Well, and, and how important in the beginning stages, you know, to even know what areas maybe to focus on or what needs to be changed or. Or not even, I mean, they would lose so much money if they were going with something that, you know, wasn't going to do well or really, you know, was not um, something that was going to, that that was feasible. So they right. would lose far more money in that than, than getting that consultation from an expert right off the bat. So right. I and we so many go with it. And, of course, we can't guarantee something will succeed, uh, but what we can do is look for red flags, red flags that are relative to, to our areas of expertise. Now, from that point, we can do full product development all the way through manufacturing coordination. We, we, can, we, can, we can make stuff. We can make stuff work better. We can make stuff look better. We can do full-scale industrial design to make it uh, just the right aesthetics, the right form, the right user interface. We do full engineering, uh, mechanical engineering, electrical engineering, um, uh, and, and design for manufacturers. So basically everything that's necessary to go from uh, the idea into the product space. Um, mm-hmm. But even before that, there, there are other things we do sort of after consulting and, bef- and before uh, full-scale development. Sometimes our clients, especially um, you know, especially inventor entrepreneurs, they're in a fundraising. They have to go through a fundraising phase. They may need fundraising material. They may need product renderings before they even develop a prototype. They may need animations of mm-hmm. what the product is and could be so that they can go out and, and present to angel investors or or crowdfunding uh, or other types of, of funding sources so they can communicate what they're trying to accomplish. So we help in two ways there. Number one, with the development of materials like that, renderings and, and, and even prototypes and, 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 and animations, et cetera, but also with very robust project planning. So um, as you know, some people go out and they raise money on, on crowdfunding sites, but okay. the product never gets to the market because they didn't yeah. raise enough money. You know, they may raise $300,000, but they didn't know that it was going to cost $600,000 to get to the market. And the unfortunate yeah. thing is they probably could have raised 600000 But what we help them do is, is really understand, we build a plan that really maps out the um, the schedules and 
the um, the, the the cost parameters uh, to to get their product developed and, and, and produced and, and out into the world. Now we're not giving exact quotes. You know, when we're in the the early stages, we can't give exact quotes for that. But we can at least help people understand that uh, that that ballpark and. Um, and so I think that's a very important service we offer, too, to, to, to keep people from getting too far down the line before they really understand where their road is heading. Yeah. Well, and you know what I like about also what you provide is is it, I don't think there's any hidden, not to say you can't, you know, you can always project what things are going to cost, but I can just say, just tell from your website alone and some of the basic stuff that is really needed that, that you know, you give a, a – a good idea of what it's going to cost um, for these inventors. So, you know, having that and being able to budget and plan for it is so, you know, so important in the process. Sure. Of, uh, yeah, and I, you know, I would add to that that, I mean, we don't, we certainly don't have any hidden costs, but uh, product mm-hmm. development, research and development, it's about eliminating unknowns. So when you first start out, you have your first idea and you put it on a napkin sketch or whatever uh, whatever you do to start, there are a lot of unknowns. And our goal is to help eliminate those unknowns bit by bit. But there's still, there may be some unknown costs at the end that even we can't foresee mm-hmm. because no one can predict everything. There may, maybe there's something that some sort of new regulation that's going to come out in a year that will affect your mm-hmm. product or some tariff or, or who knows what. I can't even predict those types of things. So... We do our our best to identify the costs we can identify, but with the understanding that, that things can change, not because we're mm-hmm. hiding anything, just because things change. Yeah. Well, and as, even if it does change, it's all about communication, and I can attest that there would be good, you know, communication in that, and so you know what's coming down the line, and there, you know, wouldn't be necessarily surprises. They would, you'd be going through the surprises together. <laughs> Right, so, and right. having that partner and that person that you can, you know, uh, help you from, from you know, idea on the napkin to, you know, developing the product, it's hard to find. It's hard to find, you know, you see companies that say they can provide it, but it's really, um, it's really, really challenging to, to uh, you know, be able to know whether you can trust them or not. And that's what is really exciting about our network and being able to, you know, meet people like you, and, you know, you're the really, I mean, we have our expert pavilion, but you're really the only one that provides all of the services because the others who have said that they have have fallen, you know, by the wayside and haven't really followed through with with some of our, you know, inventors. So it's nice to have you part of the network because these are so many, you know, there's so many great services that they're going to be needing and, and that trust factor is so important. And, and you touched on it in the first um, segment is that, you know, you feel really alone. It's a lonely process. And, you don't. usually these inventors are just a one-man show. They rarely have somebody that they're in with. Their, their family doesn't understand. Their friends don't understand. And, you know, or they might be telling them what they want to hear. And, and, you know, getting honest feedback is so important mm-hmm. and invaluable. So I think it's great that... Complimentary feedback, yeah, complimentary feedback just for the sake of telling people what they want to hear. That's that's one of the worst things you can do to an inventor. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah I hear, no you know, some of the su- suggestions of going to, you know, ask your friends and family. Well, you know, I don't think that that's where you get, you know, really the honest feedback. 
You know, doing market research, yes, but but not your friends. They don't want to hurt your feelings. They don't want to see you cry. (laughs) I don't want to see them cry. That's probably right. So it is challenging. Even in our, you know, what what we do, because we are more of the emotional support, um, uh, it's challenging for even us to kind of give honest feedback because we're – we're not in the manufacturing side. We don't know what the costs are, and we just want to support them and have them, you know, it's very hard for us to say, oh, you know, it doesn't, it, it's not going to, it's not, you know, going to do well. <laughs> so the only time we can emotion, is you have to do that. That okay. emotion is that, you know, that that's that's that can be a real problem, I think, that mm-hmm. uh, inventor and entrepreneurs uh, in, in any industry, not just in the invention industry, but uh, entrepreneurs can tend to get very emotionally attached to things. Yeah. and. Uh, what what I try to advise people, the way I try to advise people to think about it is that inventing a product, launching a product business, it's an investment. And it's actually, the, the rewards are potentially very high. It's, it's one of the riskiest investments you'll ever take. And yeah. um, you need to, you need to seek advice on that. Make it. Right, yeah. and you need to you need to seek honest advice, and you need to seek facts uh, rather than just hearing what you want to hear. And uh, yeah. um it's it's like uh you know i don't i don't like to work with people that are putting everything on the line because you know i advise them you know if you were a stockbroker if you if you had however much money you have you would not likely put that all into one stock and the yeah. same the same is true in this as well because let's say this is a great idea but maybe maybe it's got problems or maybe it runs into problems later i'd much rather help you find those problems early and find the failures early so that you can move on to your next idea, which is probably going to be better. And, yeah, um, yeah I run into people all the time. They've been working on an idea for 10 or 15 or 20 years, and my, my question is, is why? I mean, you haven't, you haven't moved the dial very much. It's time to move yeah. on to something else. Well, but, and, um, and having that feedback, I mean, could really literally keep that, you know, some of these inventors – you know, invest, you know, themselves out of house and home, literally. We've seen right. just really, really sad stories. So, and, and you know, I want to go into some of those stories, too, in the um, fourth quarter. But when we have to go to break, um, and in just a little bit, or, and listen to our sponsors. and, and uh, But when we come back, uh, you know, let's go from the, the napkin on the idea to, you know, what to look for. What are the different types of prototypes that you, you know, can offer, you know, what types of, you know, you don't have to get pricing, but maybe some idea, ballpark, um, you know, what what it entails. So we're about to go to break, and we will be right back with Noah McNeely with Product Quick Start. Linda and Diana will return after a short break with more of Innovation Divas. Welcome to Geraldine Tegelove Live, the show that shares with you the secrets of redefining, reinventing, and rebuilding your life. Having pulled herself from the rubble of financial ruin and having gone on to create a highly successful career, Geraldine has become an expert in the art of transformation. She believes that it doesn't matter where you are right now, how overwhelmed you feel, or how impossible the task of turning your life around may seem. You can do it. 
Stay tuned as metaphysician, international best-selling author and intuitive Geraldine Tegelov gives you the inner understanding and the outer practical how-to to create your amazing life. Gain a fresh perspective on how to redefine, reinvent, and rebuild your life. Join Geraldine Tegelove live every Tuesday evening at 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, right here on the Toginet Radio Network. It's Did you ever wonder who invented the toaster? During World War I, a man by the name of Charles Streit was working at a manufacturing plant in Stillwater, Minnesota. He decided to do something about the burnt toast that was being served in the employee cafeteria. Incorporating springs and a timer in his invention, the toaster was patented in October 1926. About 75 million Americans eat toast every day, and the average person spends 35 hours a year making toast. I love toast because I'm a posy walla. That's a person who loves jam. What's the word for a device that saves time and money? A timinagi. The only problem was the toaster was invented before pre-sliced bread. It's words you never heard. I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words you never heard vocabulary with my new app, Too Funny for Words. If you need the connections to buyers, media, or companies who can take your product to the next level, then you are listening to the right show. This is the Innovation Divas on Toginet Radio. And now, let's return to your Innovation Divas, Melinda Knight and Deanna Cohen. Welcome back. We are in the second half of our show and uh, we are here with Noah McNeely with Product Quick Start, and we've been hearing about all of the services they provide because, literally, I think that they provide everything that an inventor would need from point A to point B, um, or I guess point Z, <laughs> So, uh, which is really great because inventors, you know, it's a lonely world, and that's one of the things we were talking about. They're, they're by themselves. You know, they're relying on their family and friends for emotional support, and they may not be getting the right feedback. And so, you know, it can be kind of a scary, sad time, but it also could be really exciting if you have the right partner. And I can, um, you know, it's really exciting to have Product Quick Start part of our network because I really, truly feel like they are that, you know, partner for the inventors and entrepreneurs in our network that, you know, need to have that safe place that they can go and know that they're getting great uh, great service and, and reliable and honest, um, you know, services that they need and not have to go to a whole bunch of different places to get it. So, so one of the things that we were going to talk about um, for this show, and I think it's important, especially in the beginning parts, uh, you know, with the inventing process, even if they're trying to get funding, inventors are trying to get funding, but how can you show how great an invention is or even know if it's going to work without getting a prototype put together? It's one of the really important first steps, even before you're really even going to get a patent, because how you know, it might change and might evolve. And so, well, Noah, do you want to um, you know, share the different kind of prototypes that somebody could be looking at and, and what types of things that you guys can do at, at your facility? Sure. Well, First off, uh, philosophically, I think the way I approach this is that prototypes are about learning what you don't know. That's their primary purpose. And not everybody looks at that, looks at it that way. Some people look at a prototype as a documentation of 
the design. And sometimes that's what it is. I tend to, I tend to call that a model of what you've already designed and worked out all the, all the details of. But a prototype and the prototyping process and the way we use that is to learn what we don't know. You know, there's, there's things that we can work out in paper. There's things we can work out in 3D CAD and et cetera. But until you actually have something physical, um, you can't learn everything. And, and when you first start a project, when you first start a, a product development program as an inventor or as a big company, as whoever, there's a lot you don't know. There's way more that you don't know than what you know. And in my view, it's really important in those early stages to learn as much as you can as cheaply as you can. There's a lot of prototyping that people can do without without even hiring me and, and, and product quick start. There's a lot of stuff you can do just with, with stuff you buy at, at Home Depot, you can make prototypes out of paper, you can make prototypes out of wood and glue and, and bubble gum and whatever you have there. Maybe <laughs> you just need to see how big gun, something's going to be. <laughs> oh, exactly. And not you know, not being afraid to get into that arts and crafts. You, you may not you may not show anybody this prototype other than yourself, but you might be able to learn something really important that that helps to harness your idea and helps to, to focus your idea a little bit better before you go out and spend money with, with me or with anyone else or, or spend money on, on buying more sophisticated prototypes. But the way I look at it, dollar for dollar, I learn a lot more out of a, a kludged together prototype that, that's made out of stuff from Home Depot and, and other places or, or another product I took apart. Dollar for dollar, I learn a lot more there than I do on the really high high fidelity sophisticated prototype at the end. By the time I get to that level, I shouldn't have so many unknowns left. I should be building that. Uh, that looks like, works like, feels like, is just like a real product prototype. Only once I know I've solved as many problems as I as I possibly can. Um, so, so there's all you know there's all different types of prototypes out there. There there's everything from, like I said, stuff you just kludge together, uh, wood, nails, and, and et cetera, just to just to, to try to learn. Maybe you're not trying to prototype the whole product. Maybe you're just trying to learn one little thing, and that that's okay. That's part of the process. But then you can go into other types of prototyping. Um, maybe maybe it's a virtual prototype. We do quite a bit of this. I talked in the earlier segment about renderings and animations. Sometimes that's appropriate, and that's much lower cost typically than building a physical prototype if you're just trying to learn, hey, do people think this looks good? Do people well, think these parts move good? When you're you know, right. trying right. to show something online and you're trying to get funding, you know, what grade are you going to Okay, I'm going to need this much for a more sophisticated actual physical prototype, but you can have that in your steps or crowdfunding and, you know, yeah. have that built into the cost of what you're doing. But having a 3D animation is, is going to be instrumental um, right. to help in that on that platform. And uh, it's not unusual for, for our clients and for the programs we work on. Even even in my, my previous uh, role at Slingshot, when we were work, doing work with very large companies, it's not unusual to go through a process where we have a very nice rendering or a virtual prototype, and that's shown right next to the, the, the functional prototype, which is made out of, um, which doesn't look like the product at all, but it demonstrates all the functionality and all the gears or the electronics or whatever it is. Um, so there, there's different types of prototypes. There's as I said, virtual prototypes. There's there's what I would call uh, proof of concept prototypes. That's maybe the stuff you rig together uh, just just to make sure that, that that whatever the concept is generally works. 
Then there's we get into things that are, are more full functional prototypes. Uh, we would call these maybe alpha prototypes, where we're actually probably making a lot of, um, of custom parts and, and building the mechanisms, building the housings, and et cetera. In an alpha prototype process, those are generally going to be made through standard prototyping approaches like 3D printing or uh, metal selected metal centering or machining or, or et cetera. So these are all processes that can be used to make one of something. When we get further down the road toward manufacturing, um, we would get into what we would call beta prototyping, and that's where we're making prototypes that are more representative of the fully manufacturing process. And that's something sometimes the factory builds for us. Uh, sometimes it's something we build with, with other third parties, but it might actually be a molded prototype in some cases. It just sort of depends on what are the unknowns we're trying to to get past. Um, in, in, in each case, uh, the, the purpose of the prototype is to answer questions. It's not to, you know, it's not to, to show that things necessarily work perfectly. In fact, I tell people, I tell other designers and people I work with that if, if your first prototype works perfectly every time you do it, you're not <laughs> prototyping right. You're waiting too yeah. late to prototype. You should be making mistakes in your prototyping, or not mistakes. You should be uncovering design flaws in your prototyping. If you're not doing that, either you got really, really lucky, or you're waiting so long to prototype that you're wasting a lot of time. And um, so for me, it's part of the process. And, and, and there's so many types of prototyping available today. You can do everything from, you know, shops that'll do machine parts for you. They'll do laser cutting for you. There's, there's you can you can build a CAD model and send it off on the internet and get parts back out of plastic or metal or all sorts of different materials. Now, this is stuff that really didn't exist, you know, really 20 years ago. Uh, not not in an affordable way, but. I ordered some parts just the other day for a client that uh, spent maybe $800 for it, uh, for these um, metal-centered parts that uh, that are um, very, very strong. They're strong as steel. They're going to be using this, this kind of contraption. And uh, if I had to machine those, it would have cost much, much more. And mm-hmm. uh, it's just the technology has, has become more available. And you even see mm-hmm. people starting to have RP machines in their homes and that, that's a that's a difficult that's a that's a subject I argue with people about. I actually don't. I would advocate having one in your home. I think that the technology is changing so quickly, and there's so many companies that have farms of these machines that you can just buy parts from. But some people want to do it as a hobby, and that that's fine. I get that, but that that's not where I would invest my startup money necessarily. Yeah. Well, it's it's cool. The idea is cool, but it's probably not the wisest place to. I mean, you could spend far less to have use somebody else's um, in that. Right. And especially if you're, you know, making changes and, and, you know, I, with my own invention back in the day, I sure, you know, I learned the hard way of, you know, having it machined and, and, you know, big difference between $800 and $10,000 to get a prototype made. And then, you know, finding out, oh, these things can't be tooled and you're not using parts and pieces that are, you know, I learned a lot of what not to do. <laughs> That's kind of my inventing right. process of what not to do. And having, had I had you um, during that time, you know, I could have saved myself, I'm sure a lot of money of um, learning what not to do because, you know, having parts and pieces that, you know, especially if you have a mechanical type device, um, you know, to have something that's completely, you have to tool every single 
you know, part and piece, I mean, you're, you're not going to have a product that you can sell. So it's, it's, uh, you know, every, and having somebody who has the design and the engineering background is, you know, huge and being able to work, you know, with the manufacturer and, you know, being able to have that go between is, is instrumental. And, uh, and we're, you know, I'm finding out that we're going to be going to break soon. So, um, (laughs) but, uh, you know, I think that this, these pieces are so, I mean, this, and understanding the prototype process and the things where you can save and having that consulting and, you know, information to help them save along the process so they're not spending, like me, $10,000 on a you know, prototype that really didn't work and, oh, well, I can't do another one because I've already invested everything. <laughs> so, you know, had I known that, you know, 10 years ago, that would have been really nice. Um, so that's what this is all about is being able to find out the areas where you can save and not, you know, invest yourself out of house and home. Um, but I'd like to, you know, since you've been in the industry for so long and seen so much and, and really been, you know, on the ground floor with a lot of these inventors, I'd like to hear about some of the things that you've kind of seen in the last half, um, some stories, you know, some interesting things that, um, you know, maybe inventors can learn from, of what not to do, what to do, um, you know, things that you've seen um, in that process. Does that sound good, Noah? Yeah, that'd be great. Okay. All right. Well, and, again, I don't want to also miss out on sharing where they can find out more information at productquickstart.com, and that's just as it sounds, Product Quick Start. And uh, you can also find that on Twitter, and, and if you follow us on Twitter, you can see some of the tweets with their with their um, handles. So we are about to go to break, and we will be right back, and we will learn kind of um, some experiences that Noah has had um, with inventors. So we will be right back after a quick break. Linda and Diana will return after a short break with more of Innovation Divas. If you could live your life truly standing in a place of peace, joy, and abundance, wouldn't that make your heart soar? Now you can. With lessons in joyful living with your host, Kimberly Rinaldi. Mondays at noon central. Kimberly Rinaldi, having created a highly successful coaching practice, now teaches lessons in joyful living. She believes in empowering others and that through it, you have the ability to break through any and all barriers, thus allowing you to reach your greatest potential and joyfully step into your life's purpose. What used to take weeks, months, or even years, she can now teach you in a matter of hours with her programs. For more on Kim and her show, go to her website, KimberlyRinaldi.com. That's R-I-N-A-L-D-I.com. Then join us for Lessons in Joyful Living with your host, Kimberly Rinaldi.
<laughs> oh my gosh, that's hilarious. What in the world are you listening to, young man? Oh, Mom, it's just a cool comedy radio show. Well, it sounds much too adult-oriented for you, young man. But it's PG-13, and it's about six super nerds having crazy adventures while they try to take over the world. And you are only 12. Now go to your room and watch Nickelodeon or something. Aw, oh, Mom. Now just what is this? <laughs> oh my god, that's funny. I've got to tell my friends about Paranoia Texas on TylerNet and TogiNet Radio Monday nights at 8 p.m. It's a show filled with outrageous adventure and hilarious attitude, but it's definitely rated PG-13. I love it. If you need the connections to buyers, media, or companies who can take your product to the next level, then you are listening to the right show. This is the Innovation Divas on TogiNet Radio. And now, let's return to your Innovation Divas, Melinda Knight and Deanna Cohen. Welcome back to the last half of the show, and we are here with Noah McNeely with Product quick start and we have learned so much i've learned so much even and i'm you know in the industry i love hearing you know all the different services and and um you know but now we're going to go into you know now that we know kind of the prototype process and the services that um, product quick start um provides we're going to kind of go into you know noah's you know thoughts of of what um you know, things that he's seen, you know, suggestions for the inventing process so you don't go down the wrong road because that happens many times. So, no, what what do you feel is, you know, kind of the, the main kind of uh, tips that you would give to inventors who, you know, have put their product on, you know, a napkin, they think they have a great idea, their family and their friends are telling them they're awesome, their idea rocks, and they should, you know, make millions. <laughs> So what is the kind of, you know, your suggestions and, you know, should they come to you um, with that idea? Well, um, a few general things. Uh, one one thing is, is just general advice is don't go it alone. Um, and, and you need someone on your team, even if it's just a mentor or an advisor or okay. or someone that's not in your family and not your best friend and someone that's going to okay. give, you, give you honest advice, preferably – uh, you know, if possible, someone that, that's going to have uh, some skin in the game too. Uh, yeah, I would say a lot of the, the, the people I've worked with over the years that have been the most successful long-term building a business are those that have have not tried to do it as a one-person show, but they've they've had a good enough idea that they can convince someone else to to, to join them, even if it's just a part-time basis or, or as a board member or whatever the case may be. Um, it, there, there's just only so much capacity any any one person has, and it's not you add another person or another two people. It's not one plus one equals two. It's really it's really one plus one equals ten because uh, you, you start bouncing ideas off each other and you start mm-hmm. building on each. Start challenging each other's silly ideas, and and so that, that's that's one bit of advice I would give. And the other bit of advice there is, uh, I guess, two things. One. Um, use someone else's money if you can. Um, if you can get someone else to invest in this, not necessarily on day one when, when the investments are relatively low, but by the time you get get down the road, uh, it's going to cost um, a non a not insignificant amount of money to get a 
to get most products to the market. And uh, you know, most likely, unless you are independently wealthy as an inventor, uh, which there are plenty of independently wealthy inventors out there, but unless you're one of those people, um, it's probably going to it's going to require some financing beyond what. Um, what you're comfortable with or what I would be comfortable with at least. So try to find someone that has the wherewithal to, to invest. And and, and, um, and if you can, for a couple of reasons, number one, that protects you. But number two, if you can convince someone to invest in your product, you've probably got something. If you can't yeah. convince anybody to invest in it, you know, maybe, maybe it's not that great <laughs> of an idea after all. That's, um, that, that's true. That's probably <laughs> the best way mm-hmm. to know whether you have something or not. <laughs> Right, and it's, and it's a really tough—it's a really tough kind of segment for. And, and you know, crowdfunding mm-hmm. is certainly a way to do that, but it's really kind of a tough segment for most inventors because you're not out there trying to raise millions of dollars. You know, if you have a million-dollar idea, you know, some new pharmaceutical or this, that, or the other, you got technology yeah. behind it. That's almost an easier amount of money to raise if you've got the idea behind it. But raising this sort of middle range, you know, fifty thousand, two hundred thousand—that that can be that can be challenging. Um, other thing, other advice is uh, be careful not not to have blinders on. Uh, some people are so blinded by their own idea that they they start to not really want to accept any input or be criticism or improvement ideas or this that or the other. Even people come to us sometimes and, and we consult with them and we're like, you know, well, here's here's a, here's a real challenge you have here and, and you shouldn't do this, you shouldn't do that, you should think about this. I'm not trying to shoot their idea down. I'm not trying to hurt their feelings. I'm just trying to help them. But sometimes there's some people that don't want to hear that. So they'll go out, they'll find someone to make what exactly what exactly it is they want to make, and that, you, that often doesn't work out well. I'm not saying we're yeah. geniuses or we know everything, but we've seen a lot, and we, we we can we can provide some decent advice there. Um, so so be be open to to changing your idea and evolving your idea, and it may be a fantastic idea. It may be one of the best ideas in the world, but I bet it can be better. I bet I bet someone else can contribute to it. I bet it can. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I bet there's there's something you missed somewhere. Uh, I know my ideas. You know, I have ideas too. None of my ideas are perfect either, and that, that's that's something I've learned over time as a designer uh, and, and engineer myself. Um, multiple heads are far better than one, and uh, mm-hmm. that that that's really really key. Um, so, so those, I mean, those are you know that 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 all kind of falls under the realm of partnership. I, I would say, you know, mm-hmm. financial partnership. Uh, you know, someone helping you grow this this company or this idea, and then then accepting advice from from others, uh, even if you don't agree with it, the advice, at least be objective about it. Pull back because yeah. the people advising you, they don't know everything you know. You may know something about your market they don't know, and they're just you know they're just trying to help. And, and what you know about your market may invalidate what they said, but there might be some kernel of wisdom in there that that, that could have um, a positive impact on your business. Um, Well, and you have to listen to the good, bad, and the ugly, even if it's not all right. Probably some of it is right, and and getting an outside perspective is important. And you know, because and I don't think I've ever seen an invention or the inventions who have not or the inventors who have not changed their design or their idea from the moment that they brought it to market or the moment that they started developing it or if it's not evolving. Or, or open to even having a brand where you can, you know, not just have a, a one-hit wonder type thing. You can actually evolve and have the, you know, be smart with your branding. And, I mean, there's so much in that beginning process that if you don't have the partners and the people around you who, you know, do have your best interest at heart, 
you know, mm-hmm. you're set, you're, you set yourself up for failure immediately and you've got to, you know, want to be with those people and, and have them around and, and, uh, but sure. partnership is everything. I mean, even with, you know, Inventors Network, it's, I, I love having a partner. It's really wonderful. I mean, it's nice not to be, you know, do it alone and, and whether it's a financial partner, uh, or just, you know, somebody who, you know, wants to put skin in the game and come into the business. It's really nice. It's really nice to have that person that, that if you do work well together to run ideas off of each other and, and be the devil's advocate and, you know, you know, may not be all, you know, roses and, and happiness all the time, but it sure is, you know, nice to, to have somebody in the trenches with you and the skin in the game. So it's instrumental to have that advice and for people to know that piece of the inventing process and having a consultant. You know, even somebody just to, you know, come to you, you know, for consulting is invaluable resource to have that piece. So I love that um, that you can, um, you know, fill that void, too, as well right. and see it from the outside well, perspective. I, you know, I like success stories. My, my business does does much better when it has success stories to talk about. Mm-hmm. So the last thing, you know, I don't want to take somebody's money. I don't want to engage in a contract with somebody. But I don't, mm-hmm. I don't believe they have a shot at success. Now, you know, as as you know, the the odds of success in inventions is relatively is relatively low. I mean, there's a lot of yeah. companies that just don't make it. But I, I don't want to work with somebody that I know is not going to make it. If if that makes sense, because I like to have the success stories that I can put on our website that I can tell mm-hmm. people about because that's that makes me feel good. That makes me feel good yeah. to know that I was part of helping a new business get started, and then wherever that's going to go, whatever that's going to become. But it's also, um, yeah, I think it's important to, to 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 provide a service to this community. I think there there's so many there's some there's plenty of people out there and plenty of companies out there that, that want to take advantage of inventors. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, we 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 do our best to stay clear of that. And uh, okay. um, there's, there's no shortage of people that will tell you something should be patented or should be uh, submitted oh, yeah. to a bunch of companies or this, that, or the other, and, and you send them thousands of dollars and they do what they said, but that's not necessarily what should have happened. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, we see it all the so time. We try, to, we try to be honest brokers. You know, sometimes our advice isn't perfect, but, but we certainly do our best, and we base it on many years of experience and uh, – and, um, and I, you know, I'm proud to say many of the, of the inventors I've worked with over the years have gone on to success. Uh, a couple just hit the market uh, recently, actually. So that that's uh, that's been very exciting to watch. That's great. And the companies that you know you touched on the companies that you know will basically do what you tell them to do, or they'll take it on. And yes, there are kind of situations, and they have a product that isn't successful. Those companies, yeah, they were hired for a service, but but you know, those successes are far when you have a, you want to have that. They don't necessarily care about the success because they're making their money along the way. And, you know, to have a, I think an inventor be successful and be able to come back to you and say, oh my gosh, had I not found you, you know, I would have gone down the wrong path and this would have happened. Or, you know, and I think in the beginning, if they got the honest opinion and you didn't feel comfortable with them, you know, going forward with the idea, you know, they might be hurt at the beginning, but I'm sure they would be far more um, or less disgruntled <laughs> in the long run than had you gone on with them and say, okay, well, right. I'll do, you know, I'll do this and, and you know, I'm going to 
take you out of house and home and and uh you know that's i mean i i think in the long run they'd be far more disgruntled had they gone down that road with you right and, and that um, you know that being said uh you know at the end of the day as I think I mentioned earlier, um, they know their market and their business plan better than I, I can. So yeah, yeah. my advice would be based on what, what I know. They may know something else, and they, they may argue me back and say, you know, because mm-hmm. of this, this, and this, we should move forward. At that point, the best I can do is, you know, I, I'm advising you this and this, but I'm happy yeah. to help you. But understand yeah. that, that here's the pitfalls that could come up and, and be yeah. aware of that. And so at that point, honest. All exactly. I've done all yeah. I can do at that point to help them, and uh, and I'm I'm still happy to work with them. It's not that I'm trying to turn people away. I'm happy yeah. to work with any, but I I don't want to work with anybody under false pretense, and that, that's that's one of our key goals. Well, at, and uh, that's our, then that's our, why it's really exciting to have you part of the network and in our experts pavilion, and we're going to get you all over our magazine, and and you're going to be, you know, we're going to keep having you be a wonderful face and in our network. Um, to help these inventors because they usually come to us right at that stage. And so it's really exciting to have you as a resource. So you can learn more about Product Quick Start at productquickstart.com. And, Noah, it was such a pleasure having you on the show. Thank you for being on the entire hour and uh, bearing with me. And and it was so much fun. I knew it would be. So we look forward to having you back on the show and, and involved in the network. Well, thank you very much. I really appreciated the opportunity to be here, and I enjoyed our discussion, and uh, I look forward to the next time we do this. Yes. Well, have a good day, everyone. We'll see you soon. Melinda Knight and Deanna Cohen return next week with more of the Innovation Divas. They really know the who, what, and why of inventing and love that they can share their knowledge, connections, and great women-invented products with this audience. Contact the Divas for more information on how to sponsor or attend. Then join us every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Central Standard.